One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody. Uh, this is the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm your host, Matt. With me this week is my fantastic co-host, Joe Perez. We've already talked a bit about what we've been doing this past week because, you know, we're all stuck in our homes. Uh, but So instead of just, hey, what have you been doing? I'm going to ask Joe a slightly altered question. You can have any one game that's been announced for this year and then push back. You can have it in your house today. Uh, what game is it? Cyberpunk. It's absolutely yeah. Cyberpunk. I've been waiting it's gonna for It's going to be Cyberpunk for, for me, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was going to be cyberpunk for me too. The only way it wouldn't, <laughs> the only way it wouldn't be cyberpunk for me was be if they had announced, "Oh, hey, yeah, by the way, we've decided we're doing Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, wait, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't quite have as easy an answer, but yeah, cyberpunk's definitely up there. Yeah, cyberpunk, yeah, um, cyberpunk's the, for me, and then uh, Baldur's Gate 3 because I'm a huge Baldur's Gate fan. Shock, 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 shock. But I'm, I'm, I'm very back. interested in seeing. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing what Larian does with that thing. But yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 is definitely on my my must-have list. I'm super super stoked about that game. Yeah. I hope it's good. I really need that game to be good. I I with, but, if yeah. Witcher 3 is any indication and I love Witcher 3, I'm I 100% content with what we'll be getting, especially and I know you know this, but for those of you at home that if you're not familiar with Cyberpunk, the way that I'm seeing them build Night City is exactly as if they were taking it out of the pages of the RPG books, and it is making me so happy. Like, just yeah, the it, the Pondsmiths have been very heavily involved, so that's good. Yes, but yeah, but all right. Let's move on to like actual news stuff because, yeah, it's just been it's it's a it's a wild little world we live in, everybody. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about this. Um, last week we mentioned that they were putting in the system where. Uh, essences went account wide where you can basically you can grind up a, a, a currency and spend it at mother to get essences that you already basically have on your main. So you're, if you have an alt, you can go and get them. Um, 
But one of the problems with the system as it was was that you could only get stuff that your 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 main had actually unlocked. So if you're a healer main and you've only unlocked the healer essence, then you wouldn't be able to get your your assassination rogue the DPS essence that they wanted. They fixed that. They they went in and, and they changed it. So now if you have say the rank three of the healing essence from from a certain area you'll now be able to get the rank three tanking or DPS essences. You can buy those instead. And that means you can do it for your main as well. If you're, if you're healing main and you've just gotten the healing essences and you haven't bothered anything else, now you can actually grind up the, the, uh, what are they called? Echoes of Nihilatha? Echoes of Nihilatha. You can grind those up and you can buy the ones you didn't already have. So if you don't have the DPS on your main, because you're always healing, but you want to go with your DPS off spec, you can go and buy that essence, and then you know it, even on your main, which I think is a nice... That's actually the one thing that they did for this I really liked. But there's some stuff... The fact that this exists at all, the fact that we're grinding another currency at this point, not a fan. That's not something I like. I understand why it exists, but I don't like it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in that camp, too. Like I like the concept of it. I don't like the fact that they turned it into a grind. Like it just—it seems such a weird choice. It doesn't seem weird to me. I understand. It feels to me like very much a. There's a there's the idea of what do they call it? Engagement. Where you have to do things. Yeah, you have to do things to get the things you want, rather than just having it. And I understand it, but I don't like it. Well, I mean, for me, it's it's a philosophy that's at odds with itself simply because, and don't get me wrong, like I understand player engagement and its necessity and, and keeping players in the game world as much as possible, but you're doing this so that players can play their alts, but then you're also making them grind. That's not going to make certain players want to play their alts it, or mm-hmm. try a new spec. Like, to me, it's like, why not loosen that a little bit more they already have because they've already adjusted the numbers too to try to make the grinding a little more friendly since they first announced all this and yeah like why don't you make people want to play in the game don't make the systems hold them hostage so that that's just my two cents on that yeah i don't think there's a lot more to say about it um if you like if you're willing to put up with it it's a good system and it's certainly it's a vast improvement over what we had before which was nothing so you can't really be mad that it's not as good as you want when the alternative is nothing at all. Uh, yeah. It's like saying, I don't like this chocolate cake because it's only chocolate cake. There's no, there's no sprinkles on it. It's like, well, you know, then don't, you know, the alternative is no cake, man. They didn't have sprinkles. But yeah, um, another thing this week that I want to talk about, this one is the, the big deal in my opinion. Uh, as of last week, World of Warcraft has a 100% bonus XP for the month up till I believe April 20th. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, March 20th to April 20th. And uh, if you're watching the stream right now, you are seeing me on a level 112 because, yeah, I got him up to 112 because I want my heritage armor and I've been, you know, I've been messing around. There's a lot of characters that I hadn't bothered to work on or I'd gotten them up to a certain point installed on. But that 100% XP boost was like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll play my other characters. And it's just, it. I think this is one of the best moves. Uh, every company that's done anything like it, like making a game free for a weekend, any, anything like that, I think it's a really nice move. It's a, it's a good approach. Uh, I'm spending a ton of time in World of Warcraft that I hadn't been spending here before. It, this it's is a not, good example of positive player engagement, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you been, like, you got any characters you've been leveling, or are you already pretty set on that one? No, I'm going back and leveling some characters now, so I have a monk mo that I'm bringing up, which I wouldn't have touched before, but this extra bonus XP makes that a lot easier, or, or at least palpable to me. Uh, working on my paladin, getting my paladin back up to, to being max level as well, because I can. Like, it's it's enticed me to actually pick up my alts again and try to get them maxed out, because, it, not that it goes so quickly, but it's... I get to skip the things that I don't want to have to see for the 19th millionth time. Let's let's be upfront. It's a hundred percent boost. It's like, it's like sure. if you had heirlooms in every slot. It is, yeah, it is that good. It is making things move very quickly. I'm very fond of it. Um, that being said, I mean, there's still characters I can't like. My my mage is never going anywhere. Nothing can. <laughs> nothing will happen. Uh, it just isn't going to happen. But yeah, I, I've definitely found that this was a great move. I'd like to see, you know, I, I don't know of... Uh, there are other games where you don't really need that kind of thing. Like, Diablo 3 doesn't need an XP boost. Because, A, you, you level plenty fast in that game. And, B, it's not that kind of game. Uh, I don't... I play, like, two characters in Diablo at best. I play, like, a Crusader and a, and a Barbarian. I have a Monk, but I don't play it. Like, it just every so often I get really bored and I get on the monk and level it for a little while. And then I'm like, yeah, okay. This is why I don't do this. Um, for me, it's mostly Crusaders and Barbarians. And it's really, when I say it's mostly Crusaders and Barbarians, I have like one Crusader who struggles along. <laughs> She's like, can I please have another weapon, sir? I'm like, yeah, um, when I'm done spinning around and killing everybody, sure, yeah, I'll get right on it. Pirouette of death. Like one of my six barbarians will be right with you with some cast offs. <laughs> but yeah, you I do, I do loving a class so much that you have multiple of it. No, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on. It's totally out of character it, for you. It is one of the things I really do like about this XP though, is the XP boost that they're doing. The fact that they're doing it for a whole month is great because, you know, we're all stuck inside. Um, but it's also great because it does really finally encourage me to play the characters like my druid that I stalled out at level 70 something. Mm -hmm. um, or the, the cult that I'm playing. And yeah, it's a cult warrior, because come on. But uh, it, she stalled out in the mid-80s, not not because she wasn't fun to play, because I um, I got out of the, the bracket, which is Burning Crusade and, and Wrath of the Lich King, and I did it. I did all of Burning Crusade and then a little bit of Wrath of the Lich King. I don't know why I... I for some reason, I hadn't done Burning Crusade in a while, so that was the one I went to. But when I hit the next level, which was Mists of Pandaria, I think it's Cataclysm and Mists of Pandaria together. Uh, yes. I, I don't actually remember, which is, I you think, know... I think, I think that is correct. But, I mean, I just... I, I, I can do Cataclysm if I pick the right zone. If I pick the wrong zone, Cataclysm sucks the life out of me. And that yeah. zone, that wrong zone for me is is Vashir. And not because Vashir is bad or poorly designed, but it's just really, really long. Yeah, I it's hit those really long, guys. I hit those brick walls too, especially with alts, and it's not so much that well, we've talked about this in the past where there are certain classes that we just can't play, like for whatever reason it doesn't click with us. There are certain levels that are just slogs for me. Because Yeah. I, for whatever reason, whether it's the fact that I've seen the content a bunch or uh, like I just for whatever reason, it's not that I don't love the content. It's just that 
I, I I'm kind of over it. Like I remember back before we were even quite this high. I think we were when one level 100 was the max, the fifties, the sixties was that for me? Like for whatever reason, anytime a character got to 50, it just stalled. And I, I still can't reconcile why, but like this, something like this allows me to sort of circumvent those hurdles. And I yeah, can, you're, you're, you're through them before you even really know. Exactly. Them. Exactly. And that I makes used, all the difference. I used to have that problem. It really did for me. It does depend on the class too. Like um, my shaman, it's much harder for me to get through some stuff than it is, say, a warrior, because I'm just so familiar with warriors. Paladins always stall out for me at about the midpoint of whatever expansion I'm trying to level them through. Like I'll be at nine, I'll be level 93, and I'll be like, oh god, and I managed to push through it. And I get up to level 100, and then I'm cooking with gas for a while, and then it's like level 104. Oh god, yeah. I don't know why they always seem to trough. There's like always a, a trough point. Um, I I'm BFA. Going into BFA when we first started BFA, uh, I, I had a real trouble just getting through level 106 because as soon as 106 hit, all my legendaries stopped working, and that was just like that was like hitting the gas and then hitting yeah. the brakes. You know, it was like ugh. That was like hitting the crash test wall for crash yeah, test dummies. Not not fun. And even when you have characters like a lot of my my alts have legendaries. Because they were like at near the end of Legion, they were just you were getting them everywhere. You could buy them; they were dropping all the time. So I'm not looking forward to feeling my my level 114 paladin hit 116, and then they don't work anymore. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just. And so with this, I'll I'll like literally be level 118 before I really even notice. Um, this guy is, has moved. He doesn't have any legendaries. This this guy just totally stocked. So in a way, it was better. Yeah, and, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. But I but think yeah, this I, is a I, smart choice on their part. Yeah, really good move on Blizzard's part. Um, speaking of good moves, and this is one that I saw. Uh, Ted wrote this one up. Uh, it's it's basically. I don't know if you guys pay much attention to Hearthstone. They just announced their new expansion. Uh, that's going to be the Ashes of Outland expansion. Death Knights are not Death Knights. Demon Hunters are being introduced as a class. I should not have said Death Knights are being introduced as a class because there's some salty people <laughs> who are going to be real mad. What? He said Death Knights. I'm sorry. That was a mistake. It, I have this problem playing WoW too. I often say Death Knight when I mean Demon Hunter and vice versa. Because for me, it's DK and DH and they're very close in my head and I just jump them. I'm very sorry. But anyway, yes. Demon Hunter is uh, the new class. There's going to be a lot of interesting new cards that change things up. And they're adding this... This, I, I'll be up front with you, man. I keep looking at this thinking, wow, this is very interesting. They're adding duplicate protection. Yes. That's huge. Which is like, yeah, that's a big deal. Um, and that's something people have been wanting for a long time. That's that's pretty cool. That's a fundamental change to like a, any card game. Because, I mean... Whatever your card game of choice is, whether it's in meat space or, or digital space, when you start opening packs and you get you know that same card for the eighteen thousandth time, it's not fun. And like, yeah, sure, Hearthstone had a mechanic where you could like dust them and build your own. This, however, is just so much better. Like, yeah, there are some cards yeah. you want multiple of, but like, seriously, I'm not going to get a duplicate until I get everything in the set. Hell yeah. And the thing about it, too, is, like, originally this was something that they had for legendary cards, if I'm not mistaken. But now they've extended it out to just all cards. 
if you get a, if you buy like say you buy like six packs and you're opening them unless you have like every card you can possibly get you're not going to get duplicates and i think that's really a fascinating change that um i think ted mentioned that it was free to play players would get a lot of benefit from this because it's one thing if you're dropping like you know your you know blizzard balance or like actually spending real money buying cards you can get more cards that way if you're free to play you're only getting you're only getting new packs when you're like you know doing stuff that gets them for you yeah, every every 100 right. gold right which is like every couple yeah. quests so it's definitely an interesting approach to it and it's definitely a good idea it, it keeps it keeps people who don't have the money to drop to, to be whales basically it keeps them from like you know running out it does mean that arcane dust is going to be a lot there's going to be less of it because you're not going to be dusting stuff as much um that's just something that you you're going to have to get used to i guess they also have the new player experience thing coming in which is like new players are going to be placed in their own league with ranks from 40 to 1 and you won't see a veteran player until you achieve rank 1 you'll basically be leveling through you know starting at level 40 with everybody else and then leveling through this new the new league and learning how to play the game and then you'll graduate out of the new player league and you get a new deck free for a class of your choice with all the cards you need for that deck, they're added into your collection. Um, it's really, I think this is fascinating because it, it's a good way to let people relearn the game if you're coming back, because it, it does actually work. For you know, you can start off, you know, as a new player, or you can go in there if you're not a, if you haven't played in a long time, or if you've never played at all, you'll be in this league, and I think that's great. Um, I think that's a really nice approach to it for a competitive game. I, I don't know. It wouldn't work for every such game. For instance, I, I don't know how it'd work in WoW PvP. If you just didn't... You only stayed in Battlegrounds with other terrible players like myself until you got good, and then you... They, I don't know. I don't know how that would work there. But as, for Hearthstone, I think it's really great. As somebody in our chat pointed out, uh, this Padilla, uh, they did increase the cost of playing Battlegrounds, though. So the cost for actually entering it did go up. So something to keep in mind. You mean in Hearthstone? In Hearthstone, yep. Okay, yeah, that's true. They did do that. I'm sorry, I did not, not mention that. Not not in WoW. Um, if they if they if they, they charge you to go into Alteric Valley, we'd we'd have uh, we'd have some pitchforks. Forget it. That's never happening again. But yeah, that that is interesting that they made these changes. I think it's it's definitely a there's definitely a, a concerted effort to make the game friendlier for new players or for returning players. And that's that's interesting because for a while I think a lot of people have been complaining that it's sort of it's very hard to get back into Hearthstone if you've missed a couple of expansions. Yeah, even and, if you haven't, even if you're just thinking about picking it up, there's there, we were talking about this a a while ago. Hearthstone is a game that, while incredibly fun, has a really hard barrier. Right this this helps reduce that just a little bit. It helps it helps make it a little more palpable for somebody to enter into the game. Yeah, I think that's it's really nice. I, I I'm happy they did it. Uh, w w while we're talking about good things, we might as well talk about a bad thing. Um, since the the whole thing with Blizzard, you know, they they sent their employees home uh, at this point quite a while ago now. I want to say yeah. like two weeks or so. Two ago. weeks sounds like um, yeah. they sent their employees home, and then last week, uh, Governor Newsom basically did this shit, this this the stay in place order for California. And a lot of other places are doing it. I mean, you know, I, Joe and I have both talked about the fact that we haven't left our house in weeks at this point. Um, 
while it's been going on, as a result, as you might expect, more people are logging on to play games like World of Warcraft or Diablo 3 or Hearthstone or any other game where you can kind of get your socialization fix and you can kind of like you can play games with other people and sort of interact that way. It's, it's a way to get around the fact that you're stuck in your house. A lot of us are doing it. And so, of course, some people have to be jerks. <laughs> and, yep. and I think at the time I wrote the post, which has since, you know, several days old now, they had four DDoS attacks in a row. And they've since had like two or three more. I don't even know how many. And this is just, I mean, we could sit around and debate the, the, the whole idea of why this is happening now. And I'm sure that smarter people than I could tell you, I, I flat out am not an expert in denial of service attacks or why people do them. But it's it's a real jerk move. And the fact that it's happening now, at this particular moment, it, it's happening, of course, because we're at this particular moment, but that's still just... Um, considering they've been happening, I mean, you're actually much more of an expert in this sort of thing than I am. How do you feel about their ability to keep the games running? Have, have you felt like they've, they've done a good job with it? Blizzard's network team is probably one of the best in the business. Their, their server teams and their, their network teams do a ton to keep things going, even during the DDoS attacks. And I know a lot of folks out there will say, well, you know, it, it still brings this down for X amount of time. Let me tell you how crippling some of these attacks can actually be when a company is or, or, or entity is unprepared for it. I've watched services and sites be down for weeks when there is no response and nothing that they can do. Or if their only response is to change like a circuit for, for traffic and then that gets overloaded because that's what the DDoSers are waiting for. So I got to give a lot of credit to Blizzard's network team and their server teams for keeping the lights on on all their games across everything. They do a fantastic job, especially compared against everybody else that's out there dealing with this stuff at any point in time. So they do great work. Honestly, yeah, one that's, of the, that's not me being a fanboy. That's me, honestly, as somebody in the tech industry. I wish I could say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting, too, because one of the things about Blizzard is that they... For a while now, pretty much everything they do is very heavily online. Yep, has been for a while now. I mean, Overwatch, Diablo 3, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Heroes, which they they just put out skins for last week, so they're still doing stuff for Heroes. Um, these are all almost exclusively online. To be able to keep that many games functioning while you're being heavily attacked... And people don't really understand the difference between a denial of service and a distributed denial of service attack. I don't actually understand it very well. But one of the things I do know is basically what's happening is instead of like, you know, just trying to flood with, you know, one server with requests from one other computer, you're getting hit by dozens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. Mm hmm. This is like if, if you're trying to go to your favorite restaurant and instead of one loud, rowdy guy in the door, you have an entire mob of loud, rowdy people in the door. It, yeah. It's much harder to deal with, much harder to anticipate. A lot of the computers involved in this are being hacked and used remotely. Or they're set up with virus that will then do an attack at a specific time. Bot. Yeah, botnet. Yeah. So... This is not, you know, this is significantly harder to deal with. The fact that I'm, I'm currently in World of Warcraft is nothing short of amazing, quite frankly. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that one I keep looking at and thinking, what kind of jerk do you have to be? 
it, to, to to do this now. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand it. Maybe because I'm not that type of jerk, but I know some people think it's fun and funny to ruin other people's lives, and or if I have to be miserable, other people have to be miserable. But again, shout outs to Blizzard for keeping those lights on and you know making sure that the impact of those folks is uh, minimal as much as possible. Okay. Uh, at this point, though, I think we're going to move on to do some emails because that is what we do here on the show. I managed to not say y'all. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how I did it's, it. It sounded like it was such a concerted effort. It really was. I was like, don't <laughs> suddenly become a cowboy. Oh, Where have all the cowboys going? I don't care. I just don't want to be one. Um, but yeah, we, we got some emails and some Discord questions, so uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for the show. And if you want to ask us a question on Discord, we've got a patron Q and podcast questions channel. You can just tell us it's for the podcast or for this show, and we'll know it's for the show, and we'll answer it here. Uh, Joe's going to read it in for us because uh, my eyeballs are terrible. So if you don't mind, Joe. Not at all. This first one comes from 6K on Discord, who I believe is also in chat. So hello, 6K. Question for the podcast. So we can't do skeletons and a kitty turning into a kitty would be interesting. But what do you think the allied races for the undead and the worgen will be? Uh, think they'll be tied to the coming expansion? I'm going to be honest. I don't quite understand the question. Do you, Matt? Well, you know, most like for instance, the Nightborn are essentially the Night Elves, but on the Horde side. Sure. And the Void Elves are essentially so they're. I think what he's like, you know, the, for instance, the gnomes are like the gnome. The gnomes got the Mecha gnomes. The uh, the the Volpera are essentially the Goblin one. So we're talking sub sub races then for like if if you look at them that way, like if you look at the Dark Iron as a kind of dwarf, or sure. the you know Zandalari as a kind of troll, or the Kultiran as a kind of human or the Lightforge as a kind of Draenei, th that kind of allied race. That's what I think that's being said. So you could have a for Con you could have an allied race that was a kind of undead, and a one that's a kind of organ. That kind Con of confirmation confirmation from chat. That is exactly what they meant. So why don't you go ahead? What would you what would you think would be interesting? Uh well I've been on board with like getting the the night elf version of the worgen. The uh, the original worgen for a long time. Like I'd love to have night elf worgen that have the more bestial forms. They're bigger, and they when they switch back, they would switch back to night elves, if they switch back. Which I'd be fine with them not switching back. But like Alpha Prime, if you remember him from the the Curse of the Worgen comic, the ones that are currently asleep uh, in the Emerald Dream because they're so feral and angry. I'd love to see like maybe Malfurion's like nope, goes pulls them out, and goes go. Imagine yep. if Malfurion went and got himself organized, like if he actually tapped into that form again, the one that drove him so crazy that he attacked, uh, I want to say Sununos, but that's not actually his name. Come on, I can't remember his name. He's uh, Malorn's son. Oh, uh, dang it. Yeah, isn't it? Like, you know who I'm talking about. We both know who I mean. Shared, uh, Shadow Song? No, no, the, the, no, big, no. the big moon good. The big... Malorn's son. He's, like he's half deer. No. no, not like a dog. Yeah, I got. I don't remember. Yeah, I we can't. know who we're talking about, but we can't get his name. Grom Hellscream killed him. You guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, but anyway, scenarios. You know, scenarios. Thank you. I'm sure somebody Why said it. Why could I chat. not 
Yeah. Why could I not, for whatever reason? Yeah, it was. I keep wanting to say Sir Nunos. <laughs> uh, it was like not Sir Nunos. I know he's he's based on Sir Nunos, but not Sir Nunos. But yeah, um, so that form would be really cool to see. Uh, as for the undead, I mean, I feel like the one version that we might get. Everyone keeps talking about like the the kind of undead that uh, Kalia is. Like we might get the light touched undead type thing. That would be interesting. Um, but I I'd actually almost like it better if instead of that kind of thing. Instead of an undead at all, we got something like the Eridar. Like that, I, I've always wanted to get the Eridar. I know that's not an undead. They're, they're not undead-based or an undead skeleton. But the other idea would be, do you guys remember the model they had for like really skinny Kul'Tarens? Yes. Like, what if they brought in just, like, they took that Forsaken model and they just made, like, really skinny humans out of it? Um, and you could actually play a human who looked really skinny. I mean, I, that might be kind of interesting. What do you think? You know, I could kind of see that. I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, it'd be very interesting, at least visually. Uh, sort of the weird... It would also kind of feed into the sort of body horror aspect of things. Because, let's be honest, the original Forsaken were all about body horror. So if you had something in the game that was that, but a little more, quote-unquote, human... Uh, yeah, I could, I could totally see that. I could totally see that being a thing. I'd be down for it. Uh, as far as, like the worgen go as far as like subspecies i would like to see maybe some of the other ancients have an effect on maybe something like that like i could see were turtles or i could see you know were tigers were sharks something like that would be interesting to me sort of expand uh the shifters a little bit see what other things would be out there because i always wondered what would happen if somebody was so devoted to let's say even one of the loa Right. And it wasn't necessarily a druid. Could that be something that happens with them as well? And we've kind of seen a little bit of that with like the weird Saberon form that druids had, which was somewhere in between. But what if something like that was an actual allied race? What if we got a gonk hybrid or something like that? I'd like to see more of those. Some kind of hybrid of Neo Zhao? Sure. Uh, slow burn for people at home. Yeah. But I mean, there, there's a ton of things that they could do. There's a ton of places we could go. We've talked about this in the past. Like there's, they could justify this any way they want, uh, especially because there may be worlds or even just places on Azeroth. We haven't been yet. So they could add anything they wanted and justify it any way they wanted to. Uh, it would just yeah. be a matter of whether or not they wanted to. Yeah, one of the things I would actually like to see them is see them move away from the allied race as a reskin of a race we already have. Um, not that I feel like the, every allied race should be super hard to do, but I think that the the Volpera are a good example of technically that's a goblin reskin. But it doesn't really bring to mind goblins. It doesn't make you think about goblins right away. It's So it works. Whereas, like... For others, for, for like the Lightforged, the Lightforged Draenei, I love them. I think they're great. But it almost feels like they just replaced Draenei. Like, I, I don't roll regular Draenei anymore. I almost always roll a Lightforged. And that doesn't really feel like it's adding to WoW. It just feels like it's changing WoW. So I wouldn't mind if we saw more stuff that was less this thing, but slightly different, and was more this other thing that we used this skeleton because it, we might as well. But it's a different thing. So 
I don't know. I would like to see the allied races get get more broadly used rather than just be okay. And it's a different kind of dwarf. It's a different kind of elf. Yeah. All right. Our next one. Hello, watchers. Longtime listener. First time emailer. I'd like to know your opinion on time walking. I was running a number of max level alts through time walking dungeons over the weekend for the complete five dungeons quest reward. And it felt more punishing than normal. Aside from the tanks that think they can pull half the dungeon and players who don't understand the tactics, even with groups that knew what they were doing, we seem to wipe more frequently than other time walking weeks. Have you had the same experience? And what do you think time walking should be a nostalgic run through old dungeons or a challenging side thing to do besides the normal content? Stay safe. Parari, uh, night elf druid on Dune mall or one of million alts. What do you think? What do you think of time walking? They ruined time walking for me when they stopped making sets work. I loved when I could go, <laughs> oh, it's wrath time walking. I can wear my wrath gear and I could get my set bonuses from it. And I can combine that with my set bonuses from my BC sets because it's all going to scale. And that was really great. I loved it. I loved it so much. It made time walking so much fun and weird like you could combine set bonuses that never would have worked in the game before because the sets were like 30 levels away from each other. Like I remember doing time walking in my wrath gear, not from wrath of the Lich King, the battle gear of wrath. Yeah. I broke it out and wore it again because I have it. I've got like my main has all that's not my main. My actually, he isn't my main anymore. He hasn't been in like several years, but he does have all that stuff. He has a, a complete collection going up to like up to warlords gear. He's got, and I was mixing and matching and I was loving it. And then they, they took all that out so that, you know, set, you know, sets don't work once you level past them anymore. And it was just like, there goes that fun thing I had. And it's like, yeah, I get that. They don't want to make people feel like they have to go get that stuff, but it's not like it's hard to get like, you know, going, going back a couple of expansions, you just blow through it anyway. Go, go run molten core a few times. If you want to play around, and then you can like you can mix and match the might set and the the Yimiaryolid set, and it's just like this was so much fun as a tank to have these weird set bonuses together, and now I don't have them, and it's it's not as much fun. So yeah, I, that's for me. Time walking hasn't been the same since. I still do it, and I really feel like the difficulty is very variable based on a lot of situations. Um, I think for a while, like one of the biggest problems with time walking was that they haven't been able to scale like corruption well with it. Yeah, that's that's a thing and you you run into either you can be very very overtuned at this or over overgeared and the dungeon undertuned or the dungeon overtuned and you undergeared depending on what point of your your character's 120 or or leveling journey you're at. Um, yeah, I just remember at least one time seeing a tank like like literally disintegrate from yep. corruption because corruption was hitting at level 120, but he was scaled to like level 70. This was yep. during the BC weekend. He just he evaporated every time the corruption proc. He was just gone, and it wasn't like he had a ton of corruption. He just had like 40, but that was enough to instantly kill him because it was hitting him for the amount that it would hit him at level 120, and he was scaled to one like 70. So yeah, boom, he was gone. Uh as for the, I know that that's not still the case. I know they've they've done stuff since to change that, but I really don't feel like time walking is. I feel like time walking is extremely unpredictable right now. Like it just it feels sometimes like you, everybody's doing fine, and sometimes it feels like we're getting you know eaten by bears. 
I, uh, so that's my take on it. But my real take on it is I don't like that I can't use my old sets anymore. I don't like that I can't bust out my Thunder Fury and tank this stuff. That I, was so much fun. I agree. Uh, I also think that some of the dungeons are differently tuned because even when they even when they were redesigned between their their classic release and now sometimes you get older dungeons that are just horrible horrible like as a healer for me like i can't remove poison anymore so i hope that we don't get a dungeon that involves a poison effect ever again oh wait sometimes we get a bunch of them and it stinks just because a lot of these were designed with different abilities in mind for the different classes and roles. And you can see that sometimes it's not always that bad. And I actually really, really enjoy time walking. Uh, I think it's a fun side content thing. I don't think it should be this massively challenging, uh, like current tier content stuff. Um, and I don't mind like when you over you're over tuned for it when you have, you know, so many effects procking or whatever, but, you're you're right though it can just feel so variable between each time that there's time walking like some weeks are better than others and some are almost non-existent as far as like plus i mean time spent in them, right like when you're when you're running time walking and it's a warlord's week um those are much more recent dungeons they're easier to do they're easier to go through they're designed better um there's Running Burning Crusade stuff can really remind you, oh god, it's um, I want to say Shattered Halls, but that's not the name of it. What's the one in um, uh, this is going to be this is going to be the show where I'm like, what's the one that like an old old man doesn't remember things shouting <laughs> at a cloud? What's I the mean, name of that dungeon? But it's the one uh, it's one of the Hellfire ones. Blood Furnace? No, not Blood Furnace. The last one that you would have done when you were leveling. The one that was actually like close to max. Well, there was, there was Ramparts, Blood Furnace, and then Shattered Halls. And Shattered Halls Shattered was the Halls. last one. Yeah. It is Shattered Halls I'm talking about then. The one that used to, like, basically nobody wanted a warrior to tank it at the time. Yeah, because warriors yeah, couldn't hold the AoE threat. They couldn't do the AoE threat. Like, well, you know, that, like, I think back there and then warriors like died to like assassins too pretty quickly too, right? Maybe. I don't recall having any more trouble staying alive than any other tank. I just remember my party would die because I couldn't get threat on everything. Uh, there'd be like six guys shooting at you and you you like a warrior would have to sit there and go, okay, I need this one sheeped. I need this one sapped. Uh, Paladin would just run in and consecrate and take everything uh, because at the time, just the AOE threat wasn't as good. And it's still, it, to this day, it's a pain to tank that thing. Even with like all the threat tools we have now, like I, I run in on my death knight and I, I'll get aggro on everything. That's not a problem. But there's a lot of them, and it's real annoying. And then, like, it's got gauntlets in it, so people come running in, and you, it's like, oh, my God, this is such a pain. But there's different dungeons designed differently. I think Shadow Labyrinth is another one that's just like, this is like a seven-mob trash pull. <laughs> Even if we have CC, this is going to take forever. This is a long pull. And you've got four or five of them before you even get to the boss. So... I do feel like that's also a thing about time walking. You kind of have to be aware of. I don't, I actually do like time walking. I think time walking is fun. I do find myself wondering if they should have that quest that gives you raid gear. Yes. Like that quest. I mean, I get why it's there. You want people to go do it, but it almost feels to me like it gets, it makes it into something you feel like you have to do in a way that I don't like. And people end up like, get, like you said, you just ran all your alts through it. 
And I don't feel like you should feel like I've got to run all my alts through this to get that piece of raid gear this week. That that kind of, I don't know. Maybe you could make the, the quest reward something else, but I'm not a game designer, so I'm probably... I'm probably missing all the reasons that they went with a piece of rain gear. So I think it's just to reward players that are a little more casual, which is fine. Uh, I'm also probably to drive player engagement a little bit, which is also fine. Uh, I usually don't mind it. It's a, again, it depends on largely the week. So, but Hey, time walking. It's a thing. You love it or you don't. All right. Our next one, dear lizards in human suits. Do you really think you fooled anyone? There is no escape. You will not know peace until he arrives to purify you. You cannot be protected from the hubris of your own damnation. But answer me this at least before you are swallowed by an infinite darkness. Is Malfield dead, or will he be reborn in the way Tyrael was? I will not forget your taste. Simon. That's a good question. Thank you, Simon. (laughs) Well, well, fellow lizard in human suit, what do you think? Do we think we could see Malfield? I to, that's what I, I don't know. Um, I was thinking about it because it, it's certainly heavily implied that something will be reborn. Like the, the essence will go back to the, the, the crystal arch and something will come out of it. And that something will take the role that Malthiel had, but I don't think it will be Malthiel. Like it won't remember being Malthiel, but then again, why did Tyrael not do that? Tyrael's, comes back. Tyrael blew himself up and returned. So if Tyrael could do it, what's stopping Malthiel from doing it? If that makes sense. Is um, it a choice, do you think? Do you think it's a fact, like the idea that Tyrael had a choice between being reborn angelic and not remembering anything or holding on to his identity and coming back mortal? Do you well, he come back, he, well, he came back as an angel. Like you straight up see that he... Sure. He came back as an angel. He was an angel again, and then he basically renounced it because they wouldn't listen to him, and because you know Imperius was mad about what he'd done. So it doesn't feel like it, it's possible that the reason Tyrael took so long to regenerate was that he refused to abandon who he was, and that's why he took so long to come back. Because it took him twenty years to reform. Like maybe Malthiel. Maybe Malthiel will choose to reform, and that's why we're, we go into Diablo Four, which is like twenty, thirty years later. And you know, if he's back, we don't know about it. Like that's maybe a really good point. Like, maybe you can reform more quickly if you just allow your essence to pass into the Crystal Arch, and then it makes a new guy. And that new guy is—it's made of your essence, but it's not you any more than like you know, if you have a kid, your kid isn't you. Your kid is from you, but they're not you. Sure, yeah. Um, it, it's possible that that's the same way. I, this is one of those things where they've never really... There has not been a lot of specific lore about this that has addressed exactly how this works. We know that angels can die. We know that in most cases, uh, when an, an angel... Like, just a, st- a rank-and-file angel dies, they, their essence goes back into the Crystal Arch. The Angiris Council are much more elevated. They're, they're, they're archangels. And it's possible that they can make the decision. I don't want to lose everything I am. And that means I have to take the time to regather everything. It might also depend on how they die. Like Tyrael got blown up by the world stone, which meant that the world stone's power might've just scattered him across creation. And it wasn't necessarily that he was dead in as much as he just had to reform himself. Whereas Malthiel, 
Malthiel gets killed by by a Nephilim who is using the power of death itself against him. And That's a really he, good point. He gets killed while he's channeling the power of the prime evils. Like he's got the Black Soul Stone. He blows it up and draws their power into himself. He's using the hell power against you. So he's an angel who's using the power of the of the, the seven evils to fight the Nephilim, who's using the power of death against him. How does that affect it? We know that the we know that Andariel and Duriel are showing up in Diablo 4. So we know that the evils have escaped. They when he broke them when he broke the Black Soulstone, he absorbed their power into himself. He absorbed them into himself. But when he died, they were freed. So what does that say? Did he have to be utterly destroyed in order for them to be freed? We don't know, but it's certainly something they consider. Uh, it's quite possible that the circumstances of, of Tyriel's death versus the circumstances of Malthiel's death made it different. Another difference is Tyriel's sword survived the destruction of the World Stone. And the sword is Tyriel, and Tyriel is the sword. As long as Tyriel exists, Eldruin will be part of him. It's part of him... You know, even while he's human, he still has Eldruil, and it was, still works. It still is the Sword of Justice. You see him use it to block Malthiel's attack. You see him use it to open the gates when you're going there through them to get to heaven. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is certainly possible that Tyriel had that advantage that allowed him to anchor himself. Somebody was using the Sword of Justice for 20 years while Tyriel was still reforming. And that might have been the anchor that Malthiel doesn't have, because... Malthiel's weapons don't survive the fight that I'm aware of. Like his entire essence turns into like a black mark on the ground in, in Pandemonium Fortress. Yeah, like there's nothing left, at least not that we've been shown, right? Yeah, if they, they, they you know they could always say, but you know his 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 sickles were for, were were saved and brought to the heavens, and he regenerated around them. I don't know that that's, but that could be a difference too. All right, our next one. Hello, Watchers. Actually, not so much a question as an FYI. On episode 258 of the Blizzard Watch podcast, you mentioned the class tutorials are only available for boosted characters. Actually, you can start a tutorial anytime as long as you have a free character slot during character creation instead of new. Select class trial, and you can play the class trial without applying a boost and then delete the character. The downside is that the class trial is usually only available for one spec of a class. Also, you may find it difficult to delete the character if you do not finish the trial. Hope this helps. Keep up the great work. And this is from Winter Wolf. Uh, thanks for that reminder. I did not, I, I totally forgot about that, actually. I'm curious now, Does when you say it's only available for one spec of a, of a class, you mean when you do the class trial, you can only do it for one spec? Or they literally only have one spec ready for every class trial? Like they only have 12 of them. Which do you mean? I think you mean the, the first one. I'm going to try something since I'm actually in the game at the moment. I was going to say we're streaming and therefore we can test in real time <laughs> because science logging out, yeah. create new character class yeah. trial. Interesting. But yeah, I had totally forgotten that was a thing. So first of all, winter wolf, thank you for, uh, for bringing that up because I don't think I would have looked honestly, because I thought it was honestly, uh, specific. it is just the one. It is just the one you, yeah. you can't do the other specializations. You can only do the class trial for assassination for a rogue. So then the boost so, lets you go around that. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, now we know. But yeah, that's that was really good information, and we learned a thing today. But that's all the questions we have. Matt, do you have anything else? Uh, not chat, really. Do you have any questions? Yeah, now's we've the got time. the time, guys. If, yeah, if you want to ask a question, now's really the time. Don't mind me. I'm switching back into the game. But yeah, um, anyone asking anything? Uh, Anne's asking if we talked about Echo, which we did not. We did not talk about Echo. No, it's true. Um, Echo is really cool. <laughs> I've forgotten to put her in the email. So um, I'm actually uh, not up to date on Echo, so I've been kind of a little under a rock when it comes to Overwatch. We're waiting for Crow to get back on the lore watch so we can have have Crow talk about Echo for an extended period of time. Which is um, next uh, next lore watch, actually. Yeah, so there you go. But yeah, we, we have not talked much about Echo. Um, I don't. I haven't been playing Overwatch because again, eyes. It's a very difficult game for me to play. But yeah, it's cool. Um, I, I actually really like that they added Echo in finally after all the teasing, especially since Echo is in the uh, Overwatch Two trailer. Yeah. As one of the main characters, so yeah, you want to see, you want to see some presence from Echo. But I, I'm still very much wanting Sojourn. That's that's the character I really want. I, I want a nice Canadian character to come in and be Canadian and exemplify Canadian virtues, um, like you know, competence and being nice, things like that. Politeness, shooting people. We we were really good at shooting people. Look up Canadian snipers. Amazingly good at shooting people. <laughs> so people don't know that about Canadians. Very good at shooting people. Uh, it's all the hockey. Makes it just fills you with an urge to Got put it. bullets at people. Got to call that shot. Yep. Uh, we do have oh, another. Yeah. We have another question from Altanus Whisperwind. Do we know how they're measuring player engagement? Is it the time, sp- just the time spent in game? Surely there should be another metric as satisfaction doesn't equal time in game. They've got so many metrics, guy. I don't even know how to. For one thing, we don't know all the ones they have. They have data. From what little I know of what's going on at Blizzard, they have data scooping that would drive you crazy. You would not believe all the stuff they know. They know when people are logging on, when people are logging off, how much time they spend on individual characters, uh, you know, their network connection rate, like how how downturn in their connection affects login. Just so much. It's it is very very detailed and very complicated. and I, I am not an expert. Joe knows more about this kind of thing than I do. And even Joe doesn't know specifically what Blizzard is doing. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the the idea is that it's such a broad term, right? And it can literally mean anything they want it to. So it depends on what they're specifically trying to measure. It's an umbrella term, right? So they've never really said exactly what they're looking for, uh, obviously, to keep players in, like playing the game. But what does that mean? Is it, you know, their maximum enjoyment? Is it? just keeping them locked in a game because like a lot of mobile games will do is uh, or anything like that. They've never really talked about that openly and that's fine. Uh, but it could be so much. And, and Matt's right. Like the amount of data that they are, they're able to like parse or go through is just absolutely crazy. So they know everything about what we do inside of a game. If they so choose to pull it, uh, I've worked with their, their networking team in the past when there was uh, connection issues years and years and years ago, uh, and the amount of data that they were willing to share with us and when I worked with an IS, as for an ISP was just staggering, and I was 
literally my job was catching people doing bad things on the internet. And I had access to every bit of information on our network at the time. And they blew me away with the amount of information they had. It's, it's just crazy. Uh, we do have another question. This one's from Padilla. Uh, I've completed Nazoth for the second time and the post-kill epilogue where the Horde declares it's Council instead of Warchief. Present for the Goblins is Gazlo instead of Gallowix. Gallowix is, as of the completion of the Goblin Heritage Armor quest, uh, stuck in his mech suit to be negotiated with. Is Gazlo finally leader of the Horde Goblins? Uh, in a best-case scenario, yes. Uh, I think he's the one that they look up to the most. Uh, Gallowix served his purpose. I, he was definitely not meant to be a lovable character, uh, but ever since his introduction, I have hated that goblin so much. Uh, I think we might see the rise of Gazlo as the main, uh, new goblin to take over as far as the leadership roles go. Yeah. Gallowix is pretty compromised from the fact that he was basically, you know, right on board with Sylvanas's program. Uh, even if he didn't, like, even if they didn't, don't actually replace him as such, you definitely get the sense that the Horde would very much prefer to have somebody else in that role. So, yeah, I, I, I think that Joe's Joe's on board here. I think Joe's on target. Uh, in terms of, I, if and if, I don't think we're done with Gallywix. I think he'll be back. Oh yeah, no, I there's got to be more. But I definitely think that we're going to look at Gazlo for a while. I mean, we're we're talking about an expansion where. There's going to be a new source of power uh, as far as Anima goes. That's going to be enticing. He was definitely in league with Sylvanas 100% because she was, hey, do whatever you want. Do your, as long as you give me weapons and I can do what I need to do, sweet, we can do whatever. Uh, so with her out there in the wild, she might reach out to him. She might need something. She might need a machine. She might need something to uh, basically be her version of an Anima Golem, which... We know that they exist. I could absolutely see her trying to get Gallowix to build her that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, we will see. We will see very, very soon. Uh, I think that's all the questions we have. Matt, do you have anything else? I think we're pretty good to stop. I mean, it's pretty close to the time. I mean, it's a little short, but, you know, we've had shows go way over in the past. So a little short isn't that big a deal. <laughs> All right. Well, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. And again, guys, if you have an email for the show or a question for the show, you can either use it the email we've mentioned before, podcast at blizzardwatch.com, subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for the show. Or again, you can go to the patron queue and podcast questions channel in our Discord, and you can ask it there. We, we do take them from there. Uh, we're really glad to get them, however you want to ask them. But to, instead of doing the final thought type thing, although I am going to kind of do it, I'm going to ask you this, Joe. Blizzard's going to do one game that's your dream game for Blizzard to do. And it's going to be out in time for us all to be home stuck playing it. What is it? Ghost. Like, it It sounds like such a cop-out answer, but it's one. It's the game that I always wanted. I wanted to see their take on a stealth combat shooter, and I wanted to see something more single-player-focused, more adventure-focused in modern day. Everything that Blizzard has put out, with the exception of Hearthstone, which even that has multiplayer... Uh, 
aspects to it. Most everything is multiplayer. Everything is online. I'd love to see them. I'd love to see what Blizzard could do with a single player game where their only focus is gameplay and story and not balancing for the life of a game. I'd love to see what they can do with that. Cool. Mine was also going to be a StarCraft related one. I was going to say I want them to do a StarCraft 4X game. Kind okay. of like Civ, but with StarCraft. Where oh, you, have so... the, the, you, can play, you can play one of the three factions and you explore the universe and you settle planets and you come into conflict with the other two conflict. Conflict! <laughs> um, you come into conflict with the other two factions and it's just I really think that would be interesting ways to take the to take the roots of the the RTS nature of the original StarCraft and to to move it into a slightly different direction that's still within you know distance of the old. I, I think that would be fun. I could but be yeah. down with a StarCraft uh, Stellaris. I'd be down with that. Yeah, something like that. But uh, at this point, go guys. I think we're going to be done. Thank you so much for being here with us every week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.